Blog Talk Radio. presidency 
equals new opportunities. A new presidency equals new opportunity. I am your host, Rodney Smith, in the air chair today. Uh, this is this topic has been burning in me since before, since right after the election, because I've been hearing so much about gloom and doom, and I hear people saying so many different things, and it's mostly negative, that I thought, well, let's talk about it. Let's just put it out there. So that, we're going to talk about a new presidency, a new presidency equal new opportunities. Let me tell you a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show. Uh, featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. Some of the ways we go about that is with shows like Our Own Voices Live, Blog Talk Radio, we are, of course, we have Brother Thomas Berry with Rant Radio hailing out of Minneapolis, we, uh, the Twin City area. We have Brother Levon with Real Radio hailing from the Be More area. Uh, we have Terrestrial Radio with uh, Brother Franklin G out of KCEP 88.1 on your FM dial, local Las Vegas. And, of course, we have Brother Jay Devon with Las Vegas Rocks Radio and he's had me on the show a few times. We originated from our own voices, the print, and then later digital slash blog talk, uh, excuse me, slash blog style magazine. And look for our own voices, the print and digital magazine, to come back to you soon, like maybe Black History Month. What do you all think about that? Uh, Give us a call and let us know what you think about the show today, 347-826-9600. 347-826-9600, and let us know what you think about our topic today, a new presidency equals new opportunities. And maybe share with us your thoughts, whether pro or con, because I know a large number of African Americans, other minorities, LGBTQQ folks, as well as others, have been in not a good way. Uh, there's been a cats and jammer uh, out there on how people feel and how they're acting. There were a bunch of arrests and there was rioting yesterday right before the uh, new president and his first lady uh, walked down Pennsylvania uh, Boulevard. There's a bunch of uh, marches and rallies scheduled for today throughout the country. I believe somebody said Chicago had like over 200 people to show up. Uh, All together, there was supposedly roughly 2 million people who said that they were going to march. We even have uh, some type of march protest scheduled here in Las Vegas. And, you know, we're not the most active community when it comes to marches and rallies. But so that's one side of it. And then, of course, you have the other side where there's a bunch of people saying that they had been forgotten about, they hadn't been heard, and that finally they've been heard. Uh, Donald Trump even mentioned that in his speech, uh, saying that uh, multiple times uh, that they've finally been heard and he's listening to them. You know, what do you all think about the inaugural address? Did you find it unifying? 
Uh, he had three balls last night that he attended. Uh, what do you think about the comments that he made there? Did you find those unified? And, again, for those who are celebrating and maybe condemning those who are feeling a little bit of gloom and doom, do you remember how you felt four years ago and then four years before that? And is each year, each presidential election cycle, going to be an escalation greater than the previous one as far as the people's discontent? And what could that lead us to? How do we mend fences? How do we unify? How do we work this government together? And for those who say that they're not going to help now, how did that work out for us when the other side said that they weren't going to help? And is this just going to be recycled over and over and over again? Who has the most to lose by not helping to a bunch of those as we have this discussion? Well, of course, this show could not be a show had it not been for the one and only Mrs. Angela Thomas. Hey, Angela. Welcome to the show. What's good? Thank you. What's good? What's good? What's good? You know, it ain't about me today. My sisters is in the building all over the world. It's about us today. Now, I'm really, I'm really scared for the guy that pissed off all these women. <laughs> well, quite a few, about 53% of the women who voted, my understanding, voted for Donald Trump. Well, we going to see. Uh, they're expecting something for their vote, obviously. In my city alone, it's estimated that over 250,000 citizens took to the streets today. Uh, some say that's more than uh, – Grant Park is fuller than uh, the, what the inauguration area was was uh, populated with yesterday. Um between Chicago, New York, Washington, and I think San Diego, it's well over a million citizens in the street. I'm happy to see so many women show up. Chicago was it was uh the the young African American sisters that organized the Chicago branch uh of the women's march were prepare prepare for 22,000 people and they got a quarter of a million people probably more i mean that was a very early number <clears throat> they're not done the officials in chicago tried to shut the ladies down <clears throat> at like uh estimated 177,000 citizens in uh downtown and grant park by the time they got over to do anything, it was well over 200,000 people out there marching. There's nothing you could do then. you got to allow the people to have their say. And their, their, the voice of dissent is, is loud and clear. Austin, Texas showed out today. I mean, it's a lot of people. Even Las Vegas, what I've seen on Twitter that's a huge group of women in Las Vegas today 
out there in the street, taken to the street at a, at they took we took our our march started at 11 a.m. this morning. I, as an African American woman, am, you know, I'm 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 torn with this because feminism, the the, the white feminists have never really uh, had a uh, a relationship with us. It, it hasn't been a peaceful all the time sisterhood. They want our involvement when they need those members. But when we need them to stand with us, uh, as you stated, Rodney, 53% of white women went with Donald Trump. Might be well, the very reason. That might be the straw that, that put everybody in the street to to take to the streets today. You know, maybe in some strange way, Donald Trump has unified this country. Finally, we might be united on something. Well, you know, Angela, it wasn't 53% of black women it, uh, it, it, or 53% of white women. It was 53% of women who uh, voted for Donald Trump. So I would love to know of, how many, you know, what, what the demographic breakdown is. 53% of women voting for Donald Trump, that's a that's a huge number. That's certainly more than what we thought would vote for Donald Trump. And now the other side of the, the coin is, is having uh, a big showing. And then the showing of support from women around the world with us today is very telling. Now, I don't want any of our listeners to be confused by what I'm saying. I respect the office of the presidency. I respect the person that's holding the seat. But I also understand what it is to be a citizen in need. And I think we sent all of our elected officials, and I don't think these numbers today, these huge numbers of women in the street today is all about Donald Trump. I think it's all about all of the elected officials over a cumulative amount of time that have not been listening to the people, not doing their job, not doing the job that we needed them to do when they did show up for work to do any work. I think this Donald Trump election, uh, as he said in his inaugural address yesterday, I did listen because I want to hear him out. I don't. I don't want to. I mean, he is the person in power right now, so we all should be willing to have a dialogue and show him why, if he's considering doing something that would harm us, like. Repealing repealing the Affordable Care Act without a real replacement is irresponsible. So, you know, I'm willing to hear him out. He needs to hear us out, though. So what are they, since, since that's how we started out is with the protest, what are the women actually protesting about slash for? We are protesting against, and I say we because I am, I am a woman, and I feel them. 
my kids are affected, I'm affected. We're we're just they're protesting against uh not being valued in this society based off of the initiatives that their platform says that they're going to institute against us. Uh whether that's affordable mortgages, uh affordable health care, whatever it is, if it's going to be detrimental, devastating to many households, we we should we should be in unison to protest that. Um I'm searching right now because I do have uh <clears throat> the women's march, they do have a official mission statement, but you know, I've just been watching uh, the marches is very early this morning and you know I gotta say I'm proud of the citizens of this country for standing up that's what this democracy is about well I I just I, I was just curious we were actually we had the uh, and, and to everyone let me let me share uh, I was late starting the show today not that it's a, a valid reason but we had the uh, uh, monthly uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. statue cleanup, and uh, we did have one lady to come out and one sister to come out and join us, and we we chatted a little bit, and because I was trying to understand what some of the issues were, and uh, so when I asked the sister some of this, she's not one of the ones that out marching and protesting, uh, nor support the marching and protesting. So when I asked her what were they marching and protesting for. She wasn't quite sure of what they were marching and protesting for. As a matter of fact, she was kind of on the opposite end of it. So mm-hmm. obviously this is not a universal thing, like very few things are universal. But then it still comes down to, and I, and I know that there's some uh, some marches uh, scheduled here in Las Vegas. Uh, there's the uh, a woman's march, and then there's another march. As a matter of fact, I don't even know what all they are. I know that these things are, are there. But then it comes back to the question, but what are you marching for? What are you protesting for or against? And that's a question that I put out there for all of our listeners. What are these marches for? Give us a call, 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600, and press option one. I know that there's been a lot of gloom and doom out there. But in the words of our uh, past president, now 44, uh, President Barack Obama, when he said he was talking to his girls and he told them that it's not the end of the world until the world ends. That is a very factual statement. So many people, you know, I remember four and eight years ago when the Republicans, uh, a large number of them, not all of them, obviously, a large number of them were quite upset that President Obama won, uh, especially the conservatives and Tea Party types. And there was some rallying. There was a lot of language, a lot of Facebook posts. And now, after eight years of having President Obama in office, it's natural because very rarely do we get 12 years of the same party. But now the script has somewhat been flipped, and now we see a lot of unrest in the streets, or we had saw a lot of unrest in the streets yesterday in at least D.C., uh, San Francisco, <coughs> just to name a couple. And uh, 
you know, there was a bunch, all of these protests. I think they said there were over 100 permits given out by the Secret Service for people to protest this particular election, more so than even when President Obama got elected. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is I'm wondering if we continue to go down this route, how many permits will be let next election cycle? And maybe this is the one that's more critical, and we can get into it more down down the discussion chain, is there's people that say that the Democrats, these are elected public officials, should not do anything to help this president, which echoes Mitch McConnell's words uh, eight years ago. Hmm. And we bemoan that. And then I hear us saying the same, or many, saying the same thing now. The title of our show today is A New Presidency Equals New Opportunity. <clears throat> well, How here- do we realize those opportunities? Absolutely. I, I pulled up uh, their statement on, I went to the women's womensmarch.org, um, um, their website, and it says the reason that they put this together, to show our strength, power, and courage, and demonstrate our disapproval for disapproval of the new president and his values in a peaceful march. All are welcome. This event is inclusive to all of the, to all and spe- uh, specifically uh, centers around those who need this support the most. People of color, immigrants, the LGBTQ, I'm sorry, the LGBTQ community, disabled citizens, trans people, and of course women. We are children-friendly. Let's do this right. Invite friends, family, and coworkers. Spread the word. Let the world know we stand together. Okay. So we just had an election, which 53% of uh, women voted for Donald Trump. So the women have stood together over in uh above average numbers for Donald Trump. And Hmm. there's 47% of women who did not. So we already know 47, 43, the majority of women voted for Donald Trump. So, and those women who didn't, they didn't for whatever their reasons were, but they did not. So I'm, we have the right to protest in this country freely and openly, and there, uh, and many are exercising that right today. But going back to the title of the show, A New Presidency Equals New Opportunities, how are we going to realize those opportunities if, as the Congressional Black Caucus, um, the NAACP, uh, the Urban League, many of our organizations, preeminent organizations that are supposed to represent us, and this doesn't include uh, other folks, if, if we're not engaged in the process, how do we realize these new opportunities that are, that are there? 
347-826-9600. Would love to hear from, from some of you all out there. Go ahead, Angie. Absolutely. I would love to hear from folks today, too, especially today, uh, because it's just time to, to use your voice. Some some of us, that's all we can do. Some of us are not uh, in a position to go out and march and participate in a march. I, to your point, Rodney, I, I think the first, this is a good first step to show um, President Trump and his administration that there are there's there are other considerations other than um Republican and even, you know, I'm I'm sure down the line, uh, but people have said today that this this isn't just about Trump. Sure, we're we're this was put together to voice our dissent against uh, the election of Trump, but it was also put together to, to voice their dissent on what's happening overall in Washington or what's not happening in Washington. So this is a a, hmm. a good first showing. Well, I believe in some of the things that Dr. King taught us, and oftentimes when people march, rally, and protest, they reference Dr. King. I don't know if that's been the case on this, but one of the things he said, he had a checklist. And he says before, he talked about before you go out marching and protesting, have these things been met on that checklist? And the checklist was basically efforts on the people, things for them to do before they go out marching. And since we had an election, just had the election, and the man has been president now for about uh, 25 and a half hours, six minutes. Uh, it just makes us, makes me, I'll say makes me, wonder what's our, what's our strategy and what have we done to bring about that change that they're protesting for or against. And I mentioned that because when President Obama was president, he left a message to the people on his, his inaugural uh, address, and that was that he, he was similar to what President Trump said. He used a messenger. He could not do it by himself, and he needed the people to stay engaged. Well, a lot of people are disenchanted with, or at least they were. I got a feeling there's a lot more that's going to start liking him real quick now that he's out of office. But there was a lot of people saying what he didn't do, even though he did a whole lot. So what are we going to do this time when we, when they don't have someone that maybe they believe properly represents them to get the things done? I mean, before, maybe these people had someone sympathetic to them in President Obama. But now they have someone that's 
they feel is antagonistic to them, well, some would say that they didn't do, we didn't do enough with President Obama. Well, now we have someone supposedly on the opposite side. What are we going to do different other than march? Hmm. I really feel that President Trump, the people have been trying to have a a dialogue with him uh, ever since he was candidate Trump. Uh, the people have continued to try to have a dialogue with him and his and their fellow citizens. We all watched in dismay what happened at most of those rallies. We all watched. We um, are an optimistic group, Americans, because because of our freedoms, because we have the right to protest, we have a free press. Uh, I think that contributes to um, us, you know, understanding that we are not always going to agree, but voice your point, voice your opinion, regardless, without fear of, you know, attack or reprisal. And I, I think there has been an effort to have a dialogue. I also know that there has been a huge dialogue of particularly people of color saying that we are not going to have a dialogue. And I, I feel, irregardless of who sits in that seat, we should always have a dialogue um, with the President of the United States. African Americans are the only group that vote as a block. I agree with you. We need to get strategic about that power because throughout this day that I've observed the the, the marches across this country and, and even some of the uh, live streams that I've watched in, in London and Paris and a uh, number of places, Antarctica, people are in whiteout conditions voicing their dissent. That can't be ignored. Right now, people are close enough to the White House for him to hear. As he's leaving the CIA headquarters where he just, you know, maybe 30 minutes ago addressed the, the CIA, um, I think Monday morning when we really get back to business, and let's not be, you know, Let's not be under any illusion. He's been working since he was sworn in. He's been signing things and, you know, putting in his um, his efforts. So whether it's five minutes in the seat or actually in the seat, actually sworn in, but, I mean, he, he came right in making sure – to, to enact as much as possible that he promised throughout that campaign. So 
uh, I think there is a line of communication going on between um, Donald Trump and the people. Well, one of the things that I asked uh, and, and talked about at least on a few shows uh, over the last eight years is what is our agenda. And I see that there's people in the street. Uh, you, you talked about the sisters and, and the sisterhood. I see they're in the street, but it goes back to the same thing. What is the agenda? It is one thing to protest uh, and lift your voice against a thing. And, and there's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. What I'm saying is, mm-hmm. okay, you've lifted, you've raised your voice, but, but what's the agenda? What, what is the plan to bring that agenda to fruition? Um, they say they're doing it for everybody. Okay, so they're doing it for me. Well, actually, I, I, I look at it at this way. Are the people protesting and upset with President Trump, are they upset with President Trump because maybe their candidate of choice Hillary Clinton lost. And the reason why I ask that question, is there's, there's at least more than one reason, is does that mean that people should be out there protesting had Hillary won? But here's probably the most important for me, especially as an African-American, even more so as an African-American man. Did I want Hillary Clinton to win, and would we, if she had won, I would love to know if some of these same people who are protesting today with Donald Trump, about Donald Trump, if they would be protesting Hillary Clinton and her policies, uh, because her policies have been devastating to the African-American community. Uh, and haven't been all of that great for some other groups. I see we have some more callers on, and I hope that we get some more. Uh, 347-826-9600. Before we, okay, sorry. (laughs) Before we continue with the caller, just let me give a couple of uh, websites. The the womensmarch.com, not .org. I said .org earlier. It's womensmarch.org. You can look it up and look at their agenda. There is a lot of information there. Uh, Project Stay Woke, uh, the resistance and their resistance manual, they are .org. Staywoke.org. They put together a very uh, comprehensive open source uh, what they're what they've branded as a resistance manual uh is is very Thank comprehensive. Thank you for listening. Hi. Oh uh, no, Andrew, that's that's just me coming back. I was screening calls. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, they Stay Woke Project Stay Woke has put together a very comprehensive uh resistance manual. Uh they also have a very comprehensive um Agenda. What is it? I don't have it pulled up yet, but I I want the people to pull it up and look for themselves. Use the resistance manual when things come up, like 
the sessions the the session hearings i use the stay woke uh resistance manual to call my state representatives to let them know that i don't agree with sessions being appointed um so there are several agendas out there by um several prominent organizations black lives matter does have a a um an agenda a black agenda stay stay woke and um god what's the other organization let me go to the website let's bring in a caller all right I see you out there, callers. Thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to bring our first caller on and hear what they have to say. You're on Our Own Voices Live. Do you have a question or comment for us? The topic is new presidency equals new opportunities. Please turn your volume down on your radio so we can, so we can hear you one time instead of twice. Go ahead, caller. Hello. All right. I tell you what, we'll uh, we'll come back to you once you get it together, and we'll we'll bring you back. So, and and we'll try to get back to the caller here shortly. I still want to know. There's 53 percent of the women who voted for Donald Trump a much larger number than anyone suspected. We had the, his uh, opponent was a woman. 53% of the women voted against the woman that was supposed to be the woman's champ. 53%. So it just, I know it just brings about a bunch of questions, but I still ask, the question is the title of the show is a new president equals new opportunity. How do we get to the point of realizing those opportunities? We had a couple of celebrities who have been bullied at least through social media. I believe one is Jennifer... Holloway? Jennifer Holliday. As well as Jennifer Holliday. As well as a good friend of mine, Chrisette Michelle, was, you know, uh, Twitter, Twitter slat. I I don't know what to call it. It it was just very interesting to see how upset people were about her uh, performing at the inauguration last night. Uh, we had, and, <clears throat> excuse me. Mm-hmm. We had Steve was, Harvey, mm-hmm, who Steve Harvey. lambasted, almost skewered in social media for going to meet with Donald Trump. Martin Luther King the Third went and met with Donald Trump on his father's holiday. And people weren't happy with it. And now these people who say that they want something, I'm still trying to figure out how do you get that something if you won't 
talk to the person. Our last president, 44, President Barack Obama, when he was Senator Obama, was ridiculed by Hillary Clinton as naive for saying that he would talk with people who were not friendly towards the United States and even to our enemies. She lost the election. He won the election. When you look at the record of his accomplishments, some of his accomplishments include things that happened because he talked to people who disagreed with him. So when our own president, the one that we seem to hold in such high regard today, even though just two days ago we were talking about what he had not done for us, said that we have to talk with people who we may not disagree with. Why is that not resonating with all of the naysayers today? 347-826-9600 and press option one to talk. And answer while you say that, I'm going to go ahead and screen a call. Cool. I really think it's not resonating with, uh, it doesn't seem to be resonating with with folks uh, where Donald Trump is concerned is because he continues it, uh, the, to surround himself with uh, folks that stand in opposition, uh, very loud and boisterous over long periods of time. They have long histories of using their voice and the and the and the power of their voice, whether they are elected officials or they are individuals in society. Uh, they create. They have created. I mean, look at his chief of staff. Uh, Ryan Priebus. Yes, I think that's uh, why people are so adamant and loud about why they stand against this Donald Trump presidency. Uh, f- for one reason, I mean, for one reason clearly. Um, it's the things he says as well and who he's surrounding himself with to do this job that the people have elected him to do. When President Trump, I mean, President Obama became President Obama, general uh, population was quick to remind him that you are not the president of black people. You are the president of all people. Shouldn't the same apply? Who says it hasn't, though? I guess that's, that's the point. I, that, I, I, my, point who is, who? my point is this, Rodney, and I think a lot of other people's point is that you look at his actions, his own actions, and then you look at the actions of people that he's putting in power to enact things that they they said in their agenda this whole campaign. So when you say who what is what is what what on any level I think most people are looking at what he's saying and what he's doing. 
and consider it dangerous. So again, the title of the show is A New Presidency Equals New Opportunities. What are we going to do to realize those opportunities? As an example, he says, now I don't know what he, if what he says is true. I do believe what they say. Look at his actions. But he did say that he was going to rebuild the infrastructure. And he is a builder, so it seems plausible. It's something that needed. It's something that the Democrats wanted to do during President Obama's tenure. It's something that the Republicans wanted to do during President Bush's tenure. Why is it not getting so, done? So the well, one of the reasons why it didn't get done is because the out party has not been willing to work with the in party to get it done. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a bunch of, especially black folks, saying that since the Republicans, in the and in the words of Mitch McConnell, said that his number one priority was to make President Obama a one-term president. And they huh? recycled those words. And <laughs> um, you know, they were unsuccessful because he had eight years. But he said that was his number one priority. And because he said that, his Republican caucus in the Senate and the House supported it. And, of course, a lot of their constituents supported it. So when President Obama would put forth things that even they used to want to do, basically it would be the same bill and that he would give back to them and say, hey, if you guys do this, I'll sign it. And they said, well, Mr. President, we, we, we're not able to do that because you're giving it to us. It wasn't because the bill was faulty. It wasn't because of a lack of need. It was in just total opposition. So in the meantime, the infrastructure of the country was falling apart. What that also meant was that there were a lot of potential jobs that didn't come to fruition because the Republican Party didn't want to work with that Democratic president, that black man that was supposedly somehow an undercover Muslim, Nazi, fascist, communist, socialist, <laughs> which obviously you cannot beat all of those things because some are up to the other Diametrically opposed to the other. But that, but that was the rhetoric. And so consequently, a lot of people were out of work that didn't need to be out of work. They should have been working. A lot of progress in the country's infrastructure and the country in general didn't happen because you had the opposing party saying no. Well, if, if we use that strategy today, which is what I'm seeing on a lot of the pro-black, the woke, mm -hmm. awake, uh, the black conscious, the pro-black, the blacker than black, the blackity black blacks, what I'm hearing them saying is, well, just like with our president, you didn't want to work with us. Well, now you, we shouldn't work with you, and I dare anybody to do this or do anything to support you. And I'm wondering, are we willing, and this is one of Dr. King's things that he said about protesting, are you willing to suffer the consequences 
of your action. So that means that the infrastructure is falling apart, which is a safety issue. It also means that a lot of potential jobs that could be had that pay into Social Security, that pay into Medicare, right, that pay taxes into our school system. What we're, oh, and by the way, they actually would improve the country. What we're saying right now is the same thing that the Republicans said that we uh, detested and the things that will do us harm. Is this a case of what's that thing about uh, something with your nose, uh, chopping off your nose to spite your face? Is, is, that, is that how we're going to realize opportunity is by doing nothing? 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600. Uh, press option one to chime in. And I want you all to talk because I'm wondering, is that what you want? And so let's take this a step further. That's what the Republicans did to President Obama. All right, let's say Trump does his full four years, maybe does eight years. Are we as a people willing to go 12 to 16 years and allow our infrastructure to fall apart, willingly allow it to fall apart, willingly keep ourselves out of jobs that we could have? Because guess what? When you're not working, you need to be on the system. Well, President Trump has already said he's going to be looking at the system. Well, if he does what many think that he's going to do with the system, and that's what I'm talking about is cutting back. So you're not working, and he's cutting back on some of those resources for people who are not employed because he thinks you should be working. Who are we going to? What are we going to do? How do we realize opportunity? We've been taught that in times of great adversity, there's great opportunity. For all of those people who are jumping on Steve Harvey, well, since none of the other people went there, suppose Trump says, hey, Steve, I want you to be in charge of whatever. Uh, I worked with Congress, got a bunch of $100 million for whatever the project is, and I want you to oversee it. Are we then going to say, going to say, no, we're not going to apply for any of those jobs because Steve Harvey is the one who's controlling that for Donald Trump? I just want to know, is that where we're headed? Because if that's where we're headed, how does that benefit us in the long term? Heck, how does it benefit us in the short term? And then what happens when we're lucky enough to get a president in there that we like, and that's regardless of party? Does the opposing party go again with that saying, we're not doing anything? 347-826-9600. We have about uh, 28 minutes, and uh, would li- I really would like to hear what you all say. What Pre- President Obama said, the world it's not the end of the world until the world ends. Are we bringing about so are we gonna the wait end of the till world, we get so to that speak? point though are, are are we really gonna wait till we get to that point? He did say that, but does it have to come to that? 
Are we supposed to no, be what, what he, okay? Are we supposed to be okay with a person who's representing all of us in that seat, um, objectifying women, um, saying all sorts of things, and and putting, as they like to be called now, the alt right as his right-hand person. We're, we're supposed to He's go present. along with all of all, all that He's is present. actually going on. Forget, even if you He's erase present. the board of everything that this man has said that is divisive, even if you erase the board on all of that and just went by the actions, are we supposed to go quietly in the night? No, I'm asking, what are we going to do to realize the potential I think we're doing it. And, I think we're doing it. We're raising our voices, first of all, and I think that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good start. There are agendas out we're by high-profile organizations. Protest. What are we going to do as everyday citizens, though? Well, first of all, to the, make the these the numbers of, of protests, when people go back to their homes, what are we going to do as the citizens to make this Saturday mean something? Whether you believe in feminism, uh, you know, the, the, the racial um, divisiveness or not, I, I think that at this point we all need to pitch in and get the work done and hold all of their feet to the fire. And I, I, like I said at the beginning of this broadcast, I think that the numbers that are protesting today are not just in response to Donald Trump, although I do believe he to be the straw that broke the camel's back and maybe uh, encourage folks to wake up a little bit and get out here and say, hey, I don't agree with this. I don't believe in this. I don't want people all around the world to think that this is representative of who America is. 53% of women voted for Donald Trump. It, he 53% of women could be, uh, those 53% of women could be wrong, and they are not 100% of all women. Just because 53% went in the booth and did whatever they did, that's all of our right. I'm not against people voting for who they want to vote for, but I am encouraging everybody to to get up and make our country work. This is not working. We cannot sit and just, just, you know, focus on the dark. It's going to have to come to the light at some point, and and light can only uh, shine when we when we when we put light on it. Fifty-three percent of women voted for Donald Trump. Fifty-three percent. So that means those fifty-three percent supported him, and those fifty-three percent voted for him so that he could achieve those things that he said he was going to do, which is why they voted for him. 
Now, I have not said whether it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that the way our country works is the majority rule. Now, there's always some play in that, but it doesn't I, And that's what fact. I was if about to say. If 53, if 53% of women had voted for President Obama's agenda and then those things that they voted for him to do, mm-hmm. the 47% did not allow him to do, then those 53% would have an issue with the system and the process because it is majority rule. The interesting thing about President Obama's legacy is in spite of having an opposition in the Congress, the House, as well as the Senate, most of the things that President Obama said that he was going to do when he was running for election, they happened. Most of them. Matter of fact, the vast majority of them. So because the majority tends to rule. I'm, what I'm saying is for whoever you are, whatever your issue is, what I've been hearing, and especially for the African-American community, what I've been hearing and what I've been reading and what's been espoused, John Lewis said it himself, is that we're not going to work with this man. Well, if, you're not go- if you say you're not going to work with him, but then your next breath is, but I'm raising my voice for these things over here. He has 53% who supported him initially, mm-hmm. and he has others coming on board to support him now. Is he going to work with the 53% that support him and the people are coming to him? How can he work with the CDC if the CDC is not talking with him and willing to work with him? So I, I did the, the show 53% today I in America, of, the, the, Rodney, the 53% matter, but so does the 47%. And what our elected officials have forgotten is that the 53 and the 47 are supposed to come together and compromise. Just because 53% put in a vote to put in office a person that represents all of us, does not mean that the 53% get everything on their list checked off. There is the problem in America and and American politics right now is that it's politics when in the the street, in the election, in, in in the electoral process. But once you are elected... Your job is to bring whatever the numbers are, 53 and 47 together, and compromise and come up with something that will work for everybody. That's the job. I don't disagree. As a matter of fact, I articulated that when President Obama was elected, that the Senate Majority Leader uh, I believe he might have been the minority leader at the time, Mitch McConnell said that his number one job was to ensure that President Obama was a one-term president. And they became an opposition party of naysayers. And that caused a slowdown in the process. We didn't like it when they did it. We are now 
espousing to do the same thing. We have our leaders, CDC, NAACP, Urban League, others, have said they're not going to talk. They're not going to work with our new president. So this is maybe this is an opportunity for us to look at ourselves and saying, well, yes, we want you to do things. This is we're willing to work with you, and then we'll compromise. What is being said is opposite, is we're not willing to work with you, and we're not even willing to talk with you. Well, if you're I not willing to talk with that a person, has been, then how? That has been the loss, lost in the sauce. I think the showing of Americans in the street today is just that point. Okay, you got the seat. Okay, 53% of women voted for you. But you are going to hear the other 47%. And we do expect you to go in there and be a leader for all of us. Whether you are the president of the United States or a member on the school board in your local community, the job is not to take the, the politics and the rhetoric from politics into those decision-making places that you've been elected by your constituents. What that means, when someone elects you to do a job, they're trusting that you are proficient enough to go in and work for all of us, not just your party, your platform, and your personal position. That is where the problem is, and I think that's where people are starting to stand up and say, "No, we don't want that anymore we're sick of We're sick of being defined by party politics. We want you guys to go in there and do the job because our communities are deteriorating. It's more than the bridges breaking down and sinkholes popping up everywhere. And um, tainted water, it affects everything. And we're expecting you, God, this this is not about the money and the access and the power. And I think our country has fallen in love with the stuff that isn't the point. Is is definitely not what we sent them in there to do. So if it takes able bodies taken to the street and raising their voices to remind them that, yes, 53% of women voted for you, but 47% of women did not, and we're all expecting to be able to send our children to schools, go to the doctor and get health, health uh, uh, get our health checked on and, 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 and kept in check. We're all expecting that you are mature enough to understand the difference between political rhetoric and the job. So 53% of the women liked, supported Donald Trump. If the 47% are the ones, and I don't know what it is, but if they're the ones in the street and they're not willing to talk to him, they're not willing to work with him, they're just going to get in the street. Well, here's the thing. 
They never those said they weren't willing to talk. In fact, they've encouraged that the, that they be heard. The fifty-seven, also. the fifty-seven, the fifty-seven. Excuse me, the fifty-three percent that voted for him, that are talking with him, that mm-hmm. are meeting with him. That's all he needs to get reelected. So, if we, the again, the title of the show is a new presidency equals new opportunity. Are we going to realize that opportunity, and are we going to speak with this man? And these marches, this is not just women marching. This is African Americans. This is LGBT. And is men, is women, is, is children, what are, is what are everybody. Doing, what are we do? We have to talk with a person. Absolutely. If our president before him said that. He would be willing to talk to those who had different opinions, different views. He said that, and it worked for him. What we're saying today in our leadership is that we are, he's illegitimate, and this is women too. He is not my president. I do not support him. I, some people, and this is, I don't know what the number is, some people, I just go into my Facebook feed because it's full of negative comments. Have even said so much for the next four years, they are not going to do anything to support this president because they don't believe. If you wake up, if you wake up and you're breathing air on this American soil, you are doing something in support of that president. Everything. Politics is local. Everything in your community is affected by your elected officials. That's not only irresponsible, but it's impossible to achieve. You cannot not do anything and think you're not supporting. It's not realistic. So... I think that our former president was quite successful talking to people that disagreed with him, some that even he disagreed with. And we're in a position where many African-Americans, the majority of them, were in opposition to Donald Trump. But Donald Trump is now President Donald Trump. He is the leader of the free world. He's a leader of this country. And that's all the people that's in it. And he just happens to have both houses of Congress that are representative of the party that he's the head of. So for those Democrats and for black people who are mostly Democrats, that includes black women, are mostly Democrats, the title of the show is A New President Equals New Opportunities. How are we going to realize those new opportunities if we're not there at the table, if we're not willing to talk to the man that's at the, in this case, the man that's at the head of the table? That's, some people say, well, Rodney, you're supporting Trump because you want to work with him. And I said, you've just taken one thing and taken it to your personal conclusion, but it's not a logical conclusion. It's your personal conclusion. And we can do that with everything that we do and, and run around and do that. 
But here's the thing. I know that this man not only controls the federal government, but he is the head of his party, which means that everybody that has a party title, in other words, it's not a position that's nonpartisan, are going to follow his lead. That's down into local politics. Because the other side is people saying, well, he's the president and he doesn't affect my day-to-day life. Well, that's one of those axioms that's definitely used out of context because the president does affect your day-to-day life because those people who are running for those offices in your local jurisdiction usually are part of one of the two major parties, and that is who hold the vast majority of all offices in this country with the vast majority of governorships belonging to the Republican Party, the vast majority of the legislative branches of our 50 states belong to President Donald Trump's party. That is the vast majority of votes in this country, off elected offices in this country, have elected Republicans. So, if we want to get something from the other side, the reason why I say it's the other side because the majority of black people didn't vote for him and voted Democrat. Democrats. Democrats not running nothing here. This is Republican. So we can bury our head in the sand. We can turn our back. We can pretend he's not there by saying he's illegitimate. It doesn't change the fact that he is there. And that he is making decisions that does impact you where you live. My simple President Obama spoke about how we have to move forward. And I understand that a lot of people have certain emotions about President Trump. They said, well, he's a misogynist. Well, a misogynist that you said is that was said is in office. They said he was a homophobe. Well, the homophobe is the president. I mean, all of those things that they said, you know, a lot of those were politically motivated as well, but it doesn't change the fact that he's in office. So now that he's in office, we have four years, assuming that he's able to serve out his term. I've even heard people say, well, I hope that it's an unsuccessful presidency. Well, an unsuccessful presidency, I say the same thing today that I did when President Obama was there. It means that we have an unsuccessful country, which means we have unsuccessful people because it is a ripple effect. The further it goes down, it's like being in the military and they say sugar, honey, IT rolls downhill. You know, it's like the snowball effect. It just gets bigger and bigger. And those who are at the bottom of the hill are the ones who usually suffer the most. If we're saying that we're willing to sacrifice and suffer for the next four years by ignoring the man that's at the top. Well, Martin says, whatever you do, you make sure that you're willing to suffer the consequences. So if that's what the majority of people are saying, it's not what I'm saying, but if that's what the people are saying, we're not willing to talk with them or work with them, and then to attack and bully the people who do, I just want to know when those jobs start to come down, are they going to ignore those jobs 
because it comes from Donald Trump. 347-826-9600, press option one if you would like to join us in the conversation of we a new presidency equals new opportunities. Are we looking at the opportunities? Are we going to seek the opportunities? What are we going to do? Because if the 47%, and that's just the women, don't, then when those 53% get those opportunities, will we turn our back on those opportunities? I have yet to see a mass exodus from Wells Fargo, which has done horrendous things to the African-American community and families in general. These people do things to us. I often, we were joking and says, you know, it's interesting that many of, especially our black organizations, are funded by the same white organizations that they often talk about. I said, have we ever thought about that? Because how often do we bite the hand that feeds us? So I don't know what tomorrow may bring. I do know for a fact what yesterday brought us, and that was a new president. When I posted the picture for the show today, I posted a picture of President Obama, 44, and President Trump, 45, as they were shaking hands, because it demonstrates one very unique and important thing about this country. We have a peaceful transfer of power. It's important. doesn't mean I like the person there. It just means we have a new leader. What do we do to position ourselves to get the most out of that new leader, whether we're on his side or he's on our side? What are we willing to do? 347-826-9600. Press option one. We, gotta, we have about six minutes. Oh, and one of the things I didn't get a chance to do is let you all know that there is a teen summit at the Dr. William U. Pearson Community Center that's going on right now until 4 o'clock. As a matter of fact, as soon as I'm done with this show, if everything works out well, I'm headed over there because I want to – they ask men, uh, they ask adults, but they ask for men to come and, and, and share. So I'm a man, and if I get a chance – Hopefully I'll be able to go and share, at least just show up. It goes back to the old story about if you're not in the arena, you don't have an opportunity to win. I want to be in, in the arena because there's some things that I know my people need. Heck, there's some things I'd like to have. Three four seven eight two six nine six zero zero. All right, Angela. Are you still there? All right, let me Three four seven eight two six nine six zero zero. Are we getting Angela back on the line? So the president is talking about doing some infrastructure projects, and as I said earlier, infrastructure equals jobs. Are we in our various communities positioning ourselves not only to get those jobs, but to be subcontractors and prime contractors of those jobs when it happens? Now, some people say, 
Ah, you black people are foolish. This is usually black people talking. If you think Trump is going to do anything, and then four years we'll talk while I do nothing and you're out there trying to do something. And I thought, well, if he does it, then what? Do we then recognize that he did something good? I made a post the other day, and it was a simple post. And Angela was talking about uh, politics and parties. And it was a post, uh, a quote, and I try to put quotes up about every other day. And it says, you cannot love your countrymen. No, it says, you cannot, if you say you love your country, then you have to love your countrymen. And I said, you know, that's good. Because we have a lot, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking about a lot of people who say that they're patriots, a lot of Tea Party people and whatnot, who talk about America and the flag and the Constitution and, you know, everything is the founding fathers and the original intent. I was thinking about them, and I said, you know what? They say they love this Constitution. They say they love this country, but yet they don't love people that look like me. So this will be a good unity statement. I posted that statement. I was surprised at the number of people who said it was a good statement but or that it was it was not good because of the person who's attributed to that quote. Well, the person who is attributed to that quote is Ronald Reagan. Go figure. Well, I just thought it was a good word. So politics, I do believe Party politics, partisan politics, is doing a disservice to this country. As a matter of fact, partisan politics might be why the Democratic Party elected, or I should say selected, Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders. The people were saying Bernie Party establishment was saying Hillary Clinton. The party establishment controls the party. Right, the superdelegate, and so we got Hillary Clinton, and Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump. I often say that when Hillary Clinton's campaign was trying to determine which would person would they want to run against, they said they wanted to run against Donald Trump because he was the worst candidate out there and the one that they had the best chances of defeating. Well, just hearing that didn't make me feel good about their thoughts of their candidate. But then they lost to the worst candidate, who is now the president. What does that make her and her campaign? At some point, those who were supporters of Hillary Clinton and those who were supporters of Donald Trump, similar to what Angela has said, is we're going to have to come together and meet. And there's probably not going to be all one way or the other. But usually there is more of the spoils that go to the victor than the defeated. And I would suspect that the same thing is going to happen this time. What are we going to do to get some of those spoils? I hope that you'll go to Our Own Voices Live. Share your thoughts and opinions with us on Facebook. You can go to Our Own Voices on Twitter. I would love to hear what you have to say. And I know people are emotional about this. 
And so I try not to try to convince a person to think differently per se. I listen to them. I try to uh, empathize with them. But at the same time, at some point, we have got to move forward. And that's what our president said on his inaugural address, is he had the hopes that we would move forward. Let's figure it out, whatever it is. And this is more so on us as the African-American community. Yes, it's even on the women who are protesting. What are they willing to do besides protest? And are they willing to share that? And are they willing to compromise? What are we willing to do? I would love to see us get some of those jobs. I would love to see us improve our businesses. I would love to see us improve our quality of living. Keep the pressure on them to do the things that build this country up. But in order to keep that pressure on them, I believe you have to have discussions with them, not at them, but with them, because no one likes to be talked at. Well, Angela, are you on? Okay, I guess uh, we lost her. Uh, well, we're at the end of our show. And don't forget, there is a, uh, a youth summit. I believe it's a teen summit at the Dr. William U. Pearson Community Center. It's on Cary Avenue at the corner of Martin Luther King Boulevard, right across from the Dr. King statue where we're out doing the uh, monthly Dr. King statue cleanup. Hopefully we'll see you out at the statue uh, next month, third Saturday at 10 o'clock. Uh, pick up some trash and maybe get a chance to meet some new people and get to know one another. Let's break down some of these walls and barriers that have been erected between us and some of them that we are erecting right now. And it doesn't really make a difference if somebody else built the wall, but if you maintain that wall, if you add to that wall, maybe even build your own wall that just only made you further apart from the other side, and then you are now contributing in your own plight. How can we find ways to start removing those walls, tearing down those walls? Can we focus on that? Can we look for what we have in common versus always focusing on our differences? Usually when you work on things that you have in common, those differences get further away and you discover you have even more things in common. I believe that is where we should go and where we should head. Well, you've been listening to Our Own Voices Live on behalf of Mrs. Angela Thomas. I am Rodney Smith. I wish you all a very safe, healthy, happy, and productive week until we meet back next Saturday, 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast, 3.30 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. Hopefully I'll see some of you at the Dr. William U. Pearson Community Center shortly. Bye-bye.